Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Waiver claim day, everybody. I mean, honest to God, there was almost as much excitement about this as there was about the trade deadline. Is that over? The trade deadline or a waiver claim? Waiver waiver claim claim day is done. What did Jays do? About, About as much as they did at the trade deadline. The good news is Paul DeYoung is still not a member of the Blue Jays. So, uh, the... What? Uh, Today was a day, or actually, I guess it was 1 o'clock, was a day uh, for teams to put claims in on all those players that uh, the LA Angels tied the can to, roughly a a fifth of their their, uh, lineup, fifth of their roster, I should say. Uh, And uh, we talked yesterday about how this thing works. Um, It goes in reverse order of the standings and... It goes between, so it goes NL, AL, NL, AL, or AL, NL, AL, NL. Bottom line is, everybody who was put on waivers was claimed but Randall Gritchick. So none of the teams in baseball looked at Randall Gritchick and thought he was worth putting a claim in on. Um, That includes your Toronto Blue Jays, which is really not a surprise because I never, I know there was a, a great rush to connect the Blue Jays to Randall Gritchick, but... Let's be charitable about it. this. Is the organization that got rid of Randall Gritchick? They, um, there's not a their read of Randall Gritchick, the player, is probably a little more friendly. No, negative than others. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So they were never going to, I don't think, really be players for, for Randall what? Gritchick. They got like four Randalls. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, and, and, you know, and the fact that other teams didn't claim him says enough. Huh. Um, the Cincinnati Reds did really well. And, and the way the waiver the way the way waiver process worked, and we, we talked about this, you're, you're claiming players. There are teams that are on the fringes of the playoff race, frankly, that had a chance to claim players before the Blue Jays did. And all those teams did that. Um, the uh, Cincinnati Reds claimed a couple of players. The Cleveland Guardians, who think they're in a playoff race, not a playoff race, but who think they have a shot, they claimed uh, most of the pitchers. They claimed Lucas Giolito and uh, Matt Moore and Ronaldo Lopez. Hunter Renfro, who was the only guy that had any interest as far as I was concerned, for me anyhow, was claimed by the Cincinnati Reds, as was Harrison Bader. So uh, the Reds would have, if you look at the standings, the Reds have a worse record than the Blue Jays, so they would have had a chance at the claim first. But basically what happens is that you, you claim the players you want, and the commissioner's office looks at it and says, okay, let's go lowest-ranked team to highest-ranked team. So the odds were long that the Blue Jays were going to get anybody anyhow. But, Kevin, uh, we talked about, 
I think we're in agreement. Hunter Renfro's a guy that interested them. He's a guy that interested them at the trade deadline when it looked like the Angels might be moving some players off their off their roster. Um, but other than him, I, I'm with you. I, you know, Randall Gritchick. First of all, I don't know where he's going to play. Um, and and I mean, he's not going to start your outfield defensively because he's not better than Hunter anybody you Randall have. Randall give you 20 RBIs in 28 games. Hunter, Hunter is way more capable of giving there you me 20 go. RBIs. There you go. Then you you answered your question. Yeah. That that was I think the only reason that we Absolutely. um that we uh that we were interested in him. So anyhow, uh all those waiver claims are done. John Morosi will join us in a few minutes. David Sampson as well. There's a wider issue here with the waiver claims. Uh, it's legally they're, what the L.A. Angels did was all above board. That was their right. The trade deadline was supposed to kind of do away with these things, these trades, these waiver claim trades, which we're used to see. I mean, I, our friend Mike Stanton, if I'm not mistaken, Mike Stanton was acquired in a trade in the third last day of the season by the Boston Red Sox one year just because they wanted a lefty reliever uh, for a series. So he wasn't going to make the playoff roster, but they went out and acquired him. I think they were playing the Yankees at the time. Um, but those deals don't get made anymore. Uh, and they weren't supposed to get made anymore as a result of the trade deadline. So I, th- I think the thinking is the Angels, while they adhered to the, leather of the letter of the law, maybe went against the spirit of the law a little different here. Um, you know, and, and let's put it this way. Let's... Let's just, for argument's sake, and, and this is why there are general managers out there today who'll be pissed off. Let's, for argument's sake, say you're Ross Atkins and you called the Angels in the trade deadline. Let's say you offered, I don't know, you wanted Hunter Renfro. Let's say you offered Santiago Espinal. Whatever, I'm just pulling a name. And the Angels say, well, no, we're going to hold on to our guys right now. We're not interested in making a trade. So trade doesn't get made. They come along. And the guy that you were willing to make a trade for is just out there for nothing. But you don't have a shot at him because of the waiver process. Like this, We'll talk to Morosi about this and to Sampson as well. I guarantee you now, Perry Manassi and the Angels GM gets a, he gets a get-out-of-jail-free card here, Kevin, because everybody knows his owner's loopy. And everybody, everybody pretty much assumes that this was just Arte Moreno, you know, doing his mad professor thing. Uh, but there will be a lot of hard feelings about this. Maybe this was planned. Maybe this was... If, it makes if, no sense. Why would you well, get if nothing? You, if, you, if you decide on keeping everybody and this is an easy out for them to make adjustments to how much they need to spend going forward. Well, it does get them below... Some chan- it does some, get them below the luxury yeah, tax. Yeah, yeah. You, may, you make some changes quickly That's because, true. hey, hey, I, I gave a little. We, we kept everybody. Like, we kept Otani because... I would assume they're going to try and re-sign him in the offseason, even though he does, he's probably going to have, you know, the the problems with the with the arm and not be able to throw for a year or so. So, yeah, I, I if you're other, why would why, why would other GMs be mad at an organization for trying to make themselves better? Well, no, because, and then trying to no, because the point correct it because the point is, um, other general managers will have will have talked to. Uh, We'll have talked to the Angels about this. We'll have talked probably to the White Sox about Lucas Giolito as well. I mean, again, they didn't break the law. Nobody broke the law here. 
but it kind of does go against the spirit of it. And if you are a GM who wanted one of those guys and didn't get him, I mean, you're looking at it right now. You know, you were willing to trade somebody to get somebody. And the Angels have just basically thrown that dude out on the market, but you got no shot at him. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, again, it's not, it's generally not the way you do business. It's not the way you do business. Do you think going forward, Major League Baseball will do something about that? I think they will. Yeah. We'll talk to Morosi about yeah, that. Maybe. I think they will. But, but I, I, I mean, really, you know, now we're saying this because of who they've waived. Uh, there are other teams. I mean, other guys have been waived. Nobody's making a big deal about them because they're fringish players, right? It's the, the and, and if you, I, I don't know how you could bring a rule in. Like, if you can waive Ernie Clement, you should be able to waive Randall Gritchick. I mean, there, there's what works for one should work for the other. So now are you going to say that teams can't waive players after the deadline? Hey, eh, can't do that. Anyhow, we'll talk to Morosi about it. Maybe there's nothing anybody can do about it. But, um, you know, it's to, to say the least, uh, you know, it, teams like the Cincinnati Reds, I mean, the team that confuses me is the Miami Marlins. This is free money. Like all of these dudes combined. I think the Reds spent over three, uh, the Guardians spent $3 million on those three guys because most of their salary is already paid. You're picking a guy up for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, anyhow, you know, and, and, and good in the Guardians. Uh, they're, you know, keeping, keeping hope alive a little bit and, uh, and, and really good in the Reds. The Reds have got a big series coming up this weekend. It's a central. I don't think there's any reason to, if you're the Reds, look at it and go, oh, we got no chance of winning this thing. Good in the Reds for doing that. Yeah, their team's better today than it was yesterday. Absolutely. Which is the goal. The uh, Blue Jays have today off. They uh, are on their way. I believe they were traveling today. They're on their way to Colorado. Maybe they're they're all ready to take on the Rockies in a three-game series starting tomorrow night. Uh, A trip to Colorado. It's the, what, the first for the Blue Jays since 2019. Trip to Colorado usually involves lots of discussion about altitude, um, sleep patterns, the whole thing. It is It is a different kettle of uh, a fish playing at Coors Field. Mm. And uh, we're going to talk to Ryan Spielborgs, host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, former Rockies player, about that. Talk to him about his experience both playing there and the experience of visiting players uh, going to Colorado. I would be willing to bet that Bo Bichette has talked to his dad about this. How did you guys go about preparing uh, when you were there? I'm speaking for myself. I've lived there for a very long time. I've visited there many times. Not one time have I felt any effects Did you play whatsoever. there? Yes. Did I played play there, there when I was with the Reds. I, I did, didn't even know I was there. Like, it, it wasn't like, oh, I, I need to carry around a, a you know, a, a tank or something. So, I, <laughs> no. Like, I, I, I think sometimes that players, just because you've heard about this, now you've heard it from the people that play every single day in Colorado and do it there, say they have a nine-game homestand, and then they leave, that's the hard part is. You get used to it there. You get in a groove of breathing and all that stuff, and then you leave, and then you come back. That's sort of the ill effects of it's that in-between kind of thing. It's not just when you go there, you're there for three or four days, and then you you come back. You'll have to talk to the Toronto Raptors about that. It is a big deal for them. 
It's a big deal yeah, for baseball, every. It's a big a deal. Different basketball. It's a big deal for every NBA team that goes in there, and they're only there for one day. They're in and out. They're in well, and out. Yeah, I don't. Um, run, I didn't run up and down a court when I when I went back to visit. But the only thing I will say is this: if it if it had such a negative effect, how come the Rockies aren't better than they are? Um, but anyhow, we'll talk to Ryan Spielborgs about that talent. As so does pitching, that. pitching at uh, Coors Field, hitting at Coors Field. It giveth and it taketh away. Will it be good for the Blue Jays to be there? Will it not be good for the Blue Jays to be there? This is, as we've mentioned, a run of games for the Blue Jays where they are going up against the four worst pitching staffs in baseball. They took two of three from Washington in a series that concluded yesterday. They've got three games against Colorado. Then they go on to Oakland for three games. Then they come home to face the Kansas City Royals, the wild card standings right now as of whatever, 5-12 Eastern on Thursday. The wild card standings are thus. Tampa Bay, 82 and 52. Houston, 77 and 58. Texas, 75 and 58. They are two and a half games up on the Blue Jays. They have three fewer losses than the Blue Jays and two more wins. Jays are two and a half back. Boston, the Red Sox are six and a half back. They've lost four in a row. And uh, they are going into Kansas City. So the series, the, the the teams we're focusing on, and we have to include Seattle in that as well, even though they're leading the West. They're 76 and 57. They're not done exactly for now. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, they, I think we have to look at them as being part of the wild card picture almost as much as Tampa Bay. Seattle uh, is taking on the Yankees. Tampa Bay was leading the wild card is in Cleveland. Houston's in New York to take on the Yankees. Texas is taking on the Minnesota Twins and the Blue Jays uh, are in Colorado. Boston is in Kansas City. So that's what is on tap going forward for the teams in the AL wildcard. Okay, here I, here I got a little something for you, and I, I want to get your feedback on this. I was bored last night, and I was sitting around thinking, you know, you hear, you hear rumblings of the Jays need 90 wins. I personally don't think 90 is going to do it. 90 would make them relevant. Like, you know, you're going into the last week of the season, you're close to that 90 mark around the other teams you just mentioned. You got 77 wins in front of you. 90 means you're in the discussion. You got 75 wins in front of you. You got some ground to make up, and you got those two teams that need, or three teams that need to falter, like need to not do some things that are special and and winning some baseball games. But there's 28 games left. The Blue Jays have 73 wins. I just sort of broke this down, and I'm going to tell you why I think I've come to this number. Should I I just leave the room? No, I want to get your feedback. All right. Okay? I I did all this work. You're going to listen to it. You bought me a cigar today, so I'll listen. Okay, 28 games left. Yep. That's three. The the next nine are against the Rockies, the A's, and Kansas City. That's three double-A teams. All right. I well, was I was nice. One triple A team I, I was nice. Yes. I was nice and said seven and two out of those. I'm thinking eight and one or nine and oh. It's almost impossible to do. I mean, you're already making excuses about the the altitude. So I, I went seven and two. If they go you're seven, right. I just made that up. No one else has ever talked they go, about well, it. I've been there. I lived there for fifteen years. No one years. else has I, ever talked about it. It's not like I've it. never been there before. Okay. Like no I can't else, talk to it. They're all lying. Everybody's lying. I can't talk to it. I'm bi- I'm bigger than most people you know. Everybody's that would lying. Go live there. Okay, everybody's lying. I'm just saying everybody's lying. Then I've been well, mistaken. Not not what you want to do is go in there and then get beat two out of three and right. go. Oh, it was the altitude. That that's not what you want to do. So let's not make excuses and All say right. that they got really bad pitching and you should hit a bunch of homers. Well, we've seen that. Okay, before. seven and two out of those nine. That would make them eighty and sixty three going into the Texas series. That's the four games. I personally, this is just me. I'm the one making this out. So this is me. I think they're they sh- or have to 
Go three and one out of Agreed. those four. Agreed. That's 83 and 64 leaving the four games against Texas. Okay? Then they get three against the Red Sox. With where the Red Sox are pitching-wise, I'm thinking you take two out of three from them. That would make their record 85 and 65. It's pretty heavy, right? I mean, that's 20 games above 500. Mm-hmm. That's, that's doing some things. And then they got the Yankees and the Rays for six. That's on the road. I split it in half. Now, you're going to roll your eyes and say, ah, oh, the Yankees are just giving them games away. Four and three, three and three. I mean, you, you're you're splitting hairs Four and there. two, you mean. Four and three. If you go four well, yeah, and three four. in a six-game series, you've done is. well. Oh, I like how you're paying attention finally. That's, that's kind of funny, huh? Okay, so they're three and three out of that. That would make them 88 and 68. Yeah. Going into the last homestand of the season. Right. Which is the same exact teams the six games. I think they're going to split again. Yeah. To end the season. So they're ending the season 91 and 71. Okay? So I come up with reasons. You, got, you like this, don't well, you? I would, every every I time you turn <laughs> over, you turn over. I when I know that you've done a, both sides <laughs> of a sheet's worth of work, I, I just. This, this, is what I, this is what I think they will have to do. All right. To get 91 wins. That's, that's 18 and 10 yeah. in the next 28 games. All right. Okay. Three guys in their lineup, seven or more homers. Don't, now, don't answer before I st- – I'm going to go and then you can what about respond. <laughs> don't get greedy. So three guys with seven or more home runs. Two guys with 20 or more RBIs. Where one, do you get these numbers from? One, one guy with 60 or more total bases. Well, how do? So right there, out of those three – any of those realistic? Why three what dudes if, in that lineup right now today? Free, what if what about fifty five uh, total what if, bases? What if you play an altitude for the next twenty eight games? I mean, you're 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 making excuses here. Well, is look, there three guys you're in pulling the numbers out the of your, Jays? You is know. there three guys? Is there three guys? Three guys? What? Why? Why do they have to hit, hit seven or more homers? Why do they have to hit seven or more home runs? What if four guys hit six home runs? Yeah, it's probably not going to do it. To go eighteen That's and twenty eight home runs, four guys hitting six home runs. Or more now than that. Boy, confused. you can't even now count, you can you? Confused. Now you got me confused. Yeah. All right. Like, where you put yourself and who you're behind. All right, so. The reason why I brought those kind of three stats up is you have to do special things. All right, I'm going to play, I'm gonna I'm play along you, with you. I'm going to play along with you. Do you think there's you. three guys in the Jays lineup no. hit, capable that could hit of seven three home runs or in a seven, month? Yeah. Uh, For seven or more homers. Are we counting a healthy bow? Well, I'm probably not, no, because oh. he ain't going to be around long enough. He'd, Chapman, he'd have like 18 or 19 games left. You think he had seven homers I mean, in this is 18 ins- games? This is insane. I can't possibly. What if four guys hit eight? What they're, if two guys hit nine? They're going to win a bunch more games. But that's, what if two guys hit nine and one guy the, hit seven? The, re- the thing that you're trying, that I'm trying, the point here that I'm trying to make is, is it's not going to be easy. Like they, well, yeah, they have, they have to do special things. It's like the well, other teams no crap, who, who have done things to put themselves in front of the Jays have done super special things like quality starts and ERA in a month and all those stats that I just read. Yeah, like they're doing at times a couple of things is the point here. So like you got three guys on some teams that have 20 or more RBIs. You have a couple of guys that would have 50 or more total bases and two other guys who have 45 or more. That's the point, right, is you have to do special things what if in you a don't? lineup, then you're not making the playoffs. No, what if That's other, the point what about if other this, teams this don't have guys that do that? Well, they're ahead of the Jays. So they could maintain what they're doing somewhat. 
because their two or three games have more wins than the Jays do, then now the Jays have to do a lot more. It's the point hurt. here. It's the point here. Okay? So what are we talking about? I'm just asking you if you think the lineup's good enough to do those kind of things in 28 games. Probably not. Then that that's I think when you sit around this because this is what the Jays are doing too. Like they're sitting around thinking if we do this, if they do that, if this guy does this, like projections, right? That's all we ever hear. Where'd you, get, this where'd guy you come up that? with this the total bases? Because I look things up and I watch baseball. Okay. So every team, not every team, not every team. No, but the team, contending teams th- that have good months, okay. do things in their right. lineup okay. that are way more special right. than teams now that I stink. See. Okay, now I see. Okay, well, now I see I, what you're getting at. Now I see what you're getting at. Well, you've actually done work spe- in this, and you've done spe- the math. I was and you've speaking a language you weren't understanding. Every every team that had a good month this year not had team. at least three guys to do that. No. Well, then not, why? Not, why not, did you not pick- every team. I, but yes, like there's teams that do things. <laughs> That are very special in months, and I was just wondering if you thought the Jays lineup could do anything close to those kind of things to be 18 and 10. Uh, what's the RBI thing? Two guys with 20 or more RBIs. Just yes, just say no. Like think long, think <laughs> okay, wrong. No. It's that it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you've you've okay, already, destroyed, no you already destroyed my work here. But the point you've is, when you're, when you're sitting there, there you I'm haven't not, even talked about I'm that gonna, other stuff. I'm not going to read the quality starts in the ERA. Right. No, you keep your hands, that stuff. Keep your hands on your own yeah, side of your let table. Me see that. that stuff. So that's it's it's you got some things here to try to accomplish. If you're a lineup, a pitching staff, a coaching staff, to try and come up, eighteen and ten is a very hard thing to do. You you got to be doing some special things. How many this times? Is the point. So eight games over five, uh, eight eight games over five hundred this month. Have they had a month where they've played eight games over? No 500? idea. I was trying to do all this work that you laughed at, so I have no idea. Why don't you do some work? Well, because I don't need to. Three guys need seven home runs. No, no not need. I'm asking you. Could is there? Could they? With no bow, no Chapman. What if Vladdy being Vladdy? Two guys hitting. Two guys hitting nine home runs. Is 18 and one guy hitting two is 20. Do you realistically think there's two guys in this lineup that could hit nine home runs no. apiece in 28 games? No. That's why I said three with seven or more. You have to be realistic here. That's the thing, right? You want to pass the baton, you you do it because you have a balanced lineup. I mean, I think before you, you do threats. anything, we really do need to we we really do need to see um how much time. Bow and Chapman will miss. I, well, I want to be nice here. I, let yeah, me you, ask you. You're missing Bo. Who has? <laughs> who, okay, let me. Based on what? Based on the months dudes have, dudes have had this year. Okay. Yeah. Has Matt Chapman had a month where he's hit seven home runs? I, and, well, April, May, they were really good. Okay, so they were doing some things in had, April and May, but it has happened before. <laughs> April and May. It has happened before. All right. My not, point not is not after some struggles. My in the point is the we can't necessarily assume that a healthy Matt Chapman wouldn't put seven home runs up this month because he's done it before. So we need to know we need to know the degree of health of these players. Now, Bo apparently was out taking taking ground balls uh yesterday. Um was he out, was it yesterday? He was out taking ground balls. He was doing some some early work. Uh, we need to see how soon those guys are back, I think, before we can 
um, you know, before we can, we can look at that. Um, the Chapman thing concerns me because it affects both parts of his game. Chapman's got 50 RBIs. Like well, you're, you're, you're asking for, basically you're asking for a miracle. Well, I, that, I, that, that that's why I br- I'm bringing up things. You you have multiple guys doing things. All right, let me ask you. String their lineup out and make you. it tougher to pitch to you, because they have nine games against bad teams. All right, they have four against Texas who've been struggling. They have three against the Red Sox who have struggle struggles pitching. They have the Yankees for six more games. Like that's the point here. This is why I brought those up. Is is because if you're going to go where you want to go, which is make the playoffs. No, it was supposed to be win the East and go to the World Series. Well, we're we're past that. To. Like, we're we're not thinking about that anymore. Now, now you're trying to win as many games as you can by doing things. That's all. All right. You surprised that... Um, the Guardians and the Reds in particular were so active with those waiver claims. No. Didn't cost them anything. And they're a better team for it. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I as I said, I uh Hunter Hunter Renfro was the one guy I really would, would like to have seen. I would like to have seen. Well, you knew that wasn't gonna happen because of where the Jays were picking. Yeah, and he was but he was right. also the best available best available player yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, He's one of the guys that could hit seven in 28 games. That that's that's yeah, why hasn't really done that's it why year, we but. were that's why we were yeah it's it's trying to get a veteran guy in a hot streak sticking him in the middle of an order who could hit a three run homer in the eighth inning to help you win a game. That's the point is right? Like it's you you're you're now because of what you haven't done now you have to do special things to even reach 90 wins. I, 18 and 10 is a lot of wins. Before we break, do you like the way the Jays pitching is set up for Colorado? Ryu, Kikuchi, Gossman. Yeah, the pitchings, they could spin that pitching any way they want to spin it. It's about the hitting. It's about the baseball You don't have any concerns about the ball flying? Yeah, yeah, that's, this again, gets back to you have to have guys where you're going doing things to help you win a baseball game. It's a collection of a bunch of things. It's guys in the middle of your order getting hot, helping you score a bunch of runs, taking pressure off a pitching staff that doesn't pitch in altitude a lot. But you said there's no big deal about altitude. Not a big deal to me, but it seems to be a big deal to you and everybody else that would pitch there. I'm sure a pitcher that don't want to throw a breaking ball like you say – Kikuchi throws two different breaking balls. Well, will, he, will he try and throw it harder? Yeah. Will the slow breaking ball from Ryu work? Will he throw more cutters, more sinkers because of that reason? Yeah, I'm sure there's some thought into that. And that gets back to your lineup has to do special things and help those things out to equal it out so you're winning baseball games. So I'm sure it's a thing. It's already a thing they're thinking about it. When you think about it, it's now you're thinking about how to overcome it. And I personally don't think it's that big of a deal, but I've never pitched there. Well, we will uh, we will talk to Ryan Spielborgs about that. Sure, he's not. He um, played I do, there and been know, there. I do know that there uh, there are a lot of pitchers who had a lot of difficulty there uh, in Coors Field, and um, you know, uh, altitude's definitely one of the reasons. I mean, 
There's just, there's no doubt about it. John Morosi is MLB Network Analyst. He will join us. We'll take a deeper dive into the waiver claims and get John's take on what the Blue Jays have to do in this uh, run of games coming up, these nine games against uh, three mediocre teams. We'll also get John's take on the rest of the wild card race. And there's a big series tonight between the Dodgers and the Braves, which will be must-see TV. We'll talk to John about that as well. It's like an NLCS preview written all over it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and Sportsnet. Breaking down the biggest stories in Toronto sports. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Horfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan of the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sports. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. I know you wanted me to play along with your your statistical analysis. I'm sorry I didn't do it. Um, I remember that. Sean Morosi of the MLV Network joins us. Hello, Mr. Morosi. Jeff and Kevin, how are you gentlemen? I'm actually uh, on my way. Dodger Stadium Ooh. for the Braves and the Dodgers. Ooh. So uh, I'm very excited about this matchup tonight, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time on MLB Network. And there are many who believe, I would say probably 80 or 90 percent of the baseball folks who believe that uh, the NL MVP will come from this game and the NL champion will come from this game eventually. So we'll see what gets decided tonight. Yeah, it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Should be a good series. Um Waiver claim day. Uh, before yeah. we talk about this whole, the, the, what this means, in, in terms of the players who were picked up, the Guardians getting Giolito, Moore, and Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Harrison Bader going to the Reds. Uh, you know, Kevin and I talked about this yesterday and going through the waiver list. I don't think any of us are surprised that these guys were picked. We know the Blue Jays had an interest in Hunter Renfro. I don't know about anybody else in that list. Clearly, they didn't put a waiver claim in in Randall Gritchick because he went through unclaimed. Um, are, are you are you surprised at where these guys ended up getting ended up going? In other words, are you surprised that the Guardians made those moves? Because I think the Reds we kind of oh, understand, yeah. right? The Reds, the Reds we kind of understand because they're playing with house money right now. They're in a division. That could be there for the taking, and and why not? It's been such a good story. Let's see if you can add more magic to it. Right. Uh, I think that the Reds made a ton of sense. That you pick up a couple right-handed bats and really add a lot to your outfield. Uh, I think by that measure, it was a very logical move. Uh, of course, the Reds could utilize either in a DH spot, although certainly with Bader. Actually, both of them are really great defensive outfielders. Renfro's got a huge arm. Bader is known for his defense, so I think that was a, a logical move. Dominic Leone going to the Mariners made a ton of sense, too. You, you, you spend basically half a million dollars, and you, you add a really important swing-and-miss reliever. I think the, the Guardians were the big question, though. Uh, and to add nearly $4 million in salary for a team that's under 505 games out of the American League Central, that, to me, was a surprise. And 
Uh, the Guardians are not usually a team that adds a bunch to their payroll, uh, especially at this time of the season. Uh, were they doing it uh, in, in the standpoint of big picture and, and their overall spending, wanting it to, to get to a particular level and, and it sort of conveyed to MLB, conveyed to the union, conveyed to their fans that they're really trying to compete? Um, maybe some of those messages made some sense. But in terms of giving yourselves a reasonable chance to make the playoffs, and they have been below 500 now for a while. Uh, they have not been in first place since the day before the All-Star game. Uh, I, I found that part of it to be pretty surprising. JP, what do you think other organizations think about this? Well, I think, Kevin, a, a couple of things. Number one, by accounts, and, and Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register reporting on this today, that the Angels have gotten themselves under the luxury tax threshold, it appears. So that will have uh, served the purpose of, of saving $5.7 million and getting you under the luxury tax, which has implications for the draft pick competition that you'll get if and when, and probably it's, it's now leading towards when, Shohei Otani leaves. I think that's where that's where you're likely looking at, at the reality of where the Angels stand right now. But is it a bad look? Does it appear a little awkward in how the, the Angels are running their club? Yeah, it is. I, I think that it's, it's not a great look. It, it's a complete 180 from where they were a month ago. And it, it is a convenient point in the narrative of where this team has become. This, this, this Angel team was all in a month ago. And they are now all out, <laughs> to say the very least. And and if, if they were trying to prove to Otani or any other free agent that they're that they're a team that's serious about winning it all in 2024 or even 2025, uh, obviously they have not done that. I mean, they the decision they made, guys, a month ago. I've said before, I understand why they did it. I respect why they did it. Uh, they were trying to go all, all in for their for their fans and for to try to prove to Otani that it was going to um, that it was going to be a place for him to go long term. Clearly, he's now gotten hurt. The team had a disastrous month, and what this has done, Kevin and Jeff, is really shown an infrastructure an infrastructure shortage by this team. The farm system they've promoted guys very quickly. This is all basically like you're trying to prove that you're alert and ready to perform at your job, and so you drink a whole bunch of caffeine right before you do it, and, and that gives the appearance of being alert, but you're not, you haven't really done your homework. And that's what's happening with this team right now. They really have not done the, the, the hard work of developing from within for a long period of time. And, and, guys, they just you look at their club. They're not as competitive as the Rangers. They're not as competitive as the Mariners. They're not as competitive as the Astros. So if you're not able to get past those teams in your division – you're not able to do much, and that's where they are right now. Okay, if, if Otani's not coming back, why, why wouldn't, if you're the organization, go to Mike Trout and go, hey, once he's healthy, 100%, go, hey, I know you want to win. I know we're not going to win anytime soon, even with you healthy, right? You need more. We need to sort of base our organization around more. How about we do each other a solid, and basically we trade you, we you know, fix basically our farm system if we can with you? And we part ways. You think any chance that would happen? I think it's possible, but there are two major ifs here. Number one, if it's where Mike wants to go, and we can look at the landscape of the sport and say, 
Mike might want to go back and play close to home in Philly for a really competitive team. Uh, the Phillies have certainly shown they're willing to spend. Uh, they need a right-handed bat, um, but they'd have to pay down, I'm guessing, a substantial amount of the salary to do it. They would have to do what the Mets have done. They basically said, the Mets have said, well, guys, I'm willing to trade away future Hall of Fame guys and include a whole bunch of money to do it if it means I get better prospects back. Now, Verlander and Scherzer were shorter-term deals. Trout still has a lot of room to go on that, on that contract. Um, and he, he's had injuries. It's a massive deal. Will the Angels pay 50%? Would you pay 50% of the deal, 40% of the deal, to make one of the iconic players in the sport go away? It's asking a lot. I mean, the, the universe of teams that would take on all that money and, and uh, our place that he'd want to go to and have the prospects to give up to make the deal is fairly small, and it's probably the Phillies. <laughs> Maybe yeah. one more team, but <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of teams that that would describe. So I, I think that what you're laying out there, Kevin, is very rational and reasonable. I would expect it to be a conversation this offseason, but there's a long way to go between the idea – and the execution on a deal like that, especially for a player that's now battling injury issues here as he gets into his 30s. Yeah. We just have you for about a minute left, John. I wanted to ask you, are you surprised that Randall Gritchick went unclaimed? Uh, I am, because he's been a productive player. I think that, uh, you know, he is someone that, I mean, to your point about the Jays, um, I thought maybe with, with the Jays injuries and, and now the, the number of guys that they've got on the IL that might, they might have considered bringing him back, um, so that, that part surprised me, whether it was the Jays or anybody else. Uh, but, but I do think we're also now getting to a point where, where teams know, and this is where I believe we'll, we'll start moving towards a later trade deadline potentially in the future, mm-hmm. that if MLB and the union, union get together, because the teams that were on the, on the bubble uh, at the end of July, the Yankees have certainly played themselves off the bubble. They are not – buyers any longer the the angels clearly have become sellers um there's enough teams there the mets are another one who clearly decided they were going to sell in the last days of july the teams that are on the fringe uh, i i think have decided to not add by and large with the exception of the guardians and the teams that are in it kind of like their players and, and don't really want to bring in someone else unless they know they're going to be a, a meaningful impactful player so i was surprised on gritchick uh, jose cisnero the tigers as well I thought we were going to see a little bit more activity in terms of claiming of those two guys. But, but uh, the surprise of the day for me was that the Guardians were the ones that got the claim. That, to me, was a big surprise. The Reds believe they're in it. And the Mariners, guys, I'm telling you, they add Leon now. That's a really good bullpen. The Mariners are going to be a scary team to face in October. Yeah, he, uh, he, gives them, well, he gives them another arm and gives another weapon for them to use. John, thanks so much for doing this, man. Enjoy Dodger Stadium. Should be a great series. Thanks, JP. All the best, guys. Thanks so much. I'll report back on, on the experience here. NLCS preview, Dodgers Braves. Can't wait. Awesome. Take care. John Morosi of the MLB Network. It will be a great series tonight. Um, a great series, I should say, starting tonight. Spencer Strider against Lance Lynn. So that's interesting. The, the, and we'll talk to Samson, David Sampson, because he's been in on, on owners' meetings. The idea that you may see the trade deadline moved again. Because it does make it so much can happen in baseball. Like you look at the end of August or the beginning of August to September. It almost makes more sense to move the trade deadline to the end of August. 
because that's also when you can start, you can bring up an extra player on your roster, right? Or you, when the rosters expand a bit. It almost that's, too, makes, that's not too late. You know what? It, you know what it does do too, because it would make it interesting because it would mean that more of a guy's salary would have been paid. So in other words, you'd be adding a guy for a month's salary. So theoretically, I don't know, pick a team. You, What is Whit Merrifield? I'm just using Whit Merrifield as an example. Whatever, if he makes $15 million, So you might be able to trade Whit Merrifield with whatever he's got left for another guy with um, – you know, with a similar amount of money left in the payroll who maybe addresses the situation. I think it's interesting. I think it kind of opens the door a little bit. It opens the door a little bit more. And in terms of drama, man, it's certainly... It might be easier to do that than start telling teams what they can't do. That's the biggest... That's that, that, that's very tough to do. Yeah. Now, the only thing I will say, looking from it at it from a player's point of view, is there are people who are going to say, you know, <sighs> players, the families, a month, got to uproot yourself. I don't know. I uh, I think it would get back to to the organization that would want the player to come in for one month. What what would be the point? Like that that's the that's well, the thing, know, right? Is you're, for you're, an example, you're, you're okay. wanting it two months instead of one month. For example, uh, let's look at the Blue Jays. You don't think right now if they could make a trade for a middle of the order bat from somebody off some? You don't think maybe a guy like Sal Perez? They might look at that now. You don't think that that maybe. Uh, you know, a team that's fallen out of the race that might have been in the race. Maybe San Diego's looking at things differently now. I, I don't know. It's I, I think it's un, I'm, it's probably unworkable because it is too long. You know, it is. It's kind of it, it, a month left is 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 too long. But um, yeah, I don't know. I other than that, I don't know how you go about. You can't prevent teams from. DFAing players just because the guys they're DFAing or the guys they're putting on waivers are good players. You can't say, well, you can put a guy who's not good on waivers, but you can't put a guy who is good. Yeah. On. That makes no sense. Uh, and and maybe, you know, this is just one of those rare examples where it, you know, it does take the angels below, we're led to believe, below the luxury tax threshold. So that saves the money for next year going forward. That prevents them from having to pay a penalty. That has an impact on the kind of, um, uh, you know, the compensation they can get for players. And maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, how many times are we going to see a team like the Angels where you've got the Otani situation, you go all in, it doesn't work out, and, and you punt. Like, nobody else is doing it for the most part, right? Nobody else is the Yankees. Well, nobody Harrison else has Otani. Yeah. He, he, he's the that, expert. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. This may be... It may be as a result of that particular factor. So do you change the entire system because of what happened this year due to this, you know, due to this this abnormality, if you want to call it that? Um, I think you'd have to have a good reason to, to say no to that. Like you're not allow, allowed to do that anymore. What What is that reason? What to, to upset other GMs? Like, now that you think Perry cares? Like, I I know he cares about relationships, and he doesn't want to, you know, ruin those relationships with other good GMs. But he's trying to make his, I, and I'm sure there's behind closed doors. He was being told to do one thing, it didn't work out, and now he's trying to correct it because he's being told to do something else, right? And when you try and correct it, you have to do whatever you have to do. So, 
Yeah, I just don't know what the reasoning would be to not let teams do whatever they want to do when it comes to that. Yeah, and and again, I think maybe we've kind of hit on it. It is, uh, you know, it's a rare. This is just a rare occurrence. This is a rare, a rare thing. Uh, hopefully, you won't. Well, you probably won't have to go through it for a while because I'm sure Shohei Otani is going to end up signing a seven-year contract someplace or something like that, and we won't have to we don't have to worry about it again. But you know that that my initial reaction to it, once you sit back and look at it and you say, it's not as if every team in baseball did this, right? It wasn't as if there was a, a sudden feeding frenzy of teams getting rid of guys. The Yankees, they got rid of Harrison Bader at, and you can justify it as a baseball move because they're bringing up a bunch of young guys that they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I shall tell you, I, I sure like, I like what the Reds have done. I really do. And you know, I've got to think, Put it this way, that's a young team. You don't think that clubhouse, when they walk in and they see those two dudes are gonna feel a little you're gonna feel a little added juice. Yeah, they're a young team, you know? Yeah. And your front office is the other thing, this is a Reds front office that was criticized for years, front office and ownership for not doing things. Now you're kind of it, it's cost effective, but you're kind of saying to your players and your fans, well, we're prepared pl- to be a little aggressive. The players are forcing you into that. That that's what it is. Like you got good players, yeah, and that helps too to bring in a some veteran presence. That you know, when the lights get brighter, I I don't know what it's going to do. Like the look, the, the, there's behemoths in the National League, and then there's everybody else. And I mean, it's nice that the Reds, for whatever reason, are doing these things to make their team, their the clubhouse feel a little bit better when it comes to bringing in names like that. But when big picture this year. I mean, it's two two really good teams in the National League. Yeah, it's yeah. we they're, pretty they're much really know good. where it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game now. Uh, normally, this is where Mark Boffa would come in, but our uh, producer, Mister Boffa, is feeling a little under the weather, so we've gone to the bullpen, and uh, we've recruited Andrew Holland oh. to uh, very to, cool to, to set the stage for us. Go ahead, Mister Holland. Yeah, hey guys, uh, Jay's off tonight, obviously, so we're looking at. Braves Dodgers. It's going to be on Sportsnet One tonight at 10 p.m. We're looking at the over under eight and a half runs. Where do you guys see that going? Over or under? I mean, I, Spencer Strider is awfully good. Lance Lynn has been good. Uh, I'm going the over though. I think they uh, gave up some runs in his last start. I, I think I I think the Braves. I got a feeling the Braves. Either sweep or take. Yeah, I, I I think the Braves do really well in this series. I think they're a better team. I'm gonna go. I'm just pure gut feeling and the fact that I think that that you know they'll be able to hit Lance Lynn. Uh, I'm taking the over. Yeah, two out of the three times they played this year, they've went over the eight and a half. But what's that old saying? Good pitching always beats yeah. good hitting. And it's Dodger Stadium. The, it's bo- Dodger bo- Stadium. Both of those teams score a ton of runs. Lance Lance throwing more f- four seamers, more curveballs. He's throwing the sinkers to righties. He's throwing the cutters to lefties. Every pitch has a purpose instead of just throwing it to be throwing it. Right? It's the Dodger way. Why yes. are you doing it that yeah, way yeah. when you can come here and actually do it the right way? Yeah. That's why his ERA is just a little bit over two is because he's sort of refined that. And Spencer Strider in his last three starts has only given up one earned run. You're going the under. I'm taking the under. 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the over. I got a feeling that uh, I think the Braves lineup. Uh, yeah, it's gonna make the difference. The Dodgers is a really good lineup too. They score a ton of runs. Also, they're not as good as the Braves though. Oh, they're pretty good too. We'll find out. That was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. I think if the if you win it, which I, I'm, who do you I, think wins? Who do you think wins the series? It's four games, right? Uh, yeah, maybe three. I think three games. I think it's three. Is it three or four? Whatever. Uh, have to be three. I, or four. I I I think I think the Dodgers because it's at home and they've been playing a little bit better and they've got sort of gotten their pitching straightened out. But I mean the lineup for the Braves. I I just don't know consistently how managers and bullpens can match up against the Braves. It's not always the starter. Like a starter can get in a groove. He can throw the sinker. He can throw the the cutter. He can throw the four seamer and the and the curveball enough to keep him around. It's that matching up with the bullpen, bringing in the right arm, those four kind games. of things. Four games. Four so games. Of course, because it's Thursday. Three, I think you'd see a, a, it's a better chance of having a split than three out of four. No, like, I think, both I think of the these Braves, teams are pretty good. I think the Braves take three or four. Uh, I, I, I've watched a little more of them in the MLB package than I have the Dodgers. The Dodgers are on so late an awful lot. But uh, I just, I really like this Braves team. And I think that there's, there may be, um, it's all about winning the World Series for both of these teams. But I think that there's enough personalities in this series that it's going to mean something to, 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 to win three or four here. I think there's, this may be a series where actually bragging rights kind of count. Who, which team is best at fundamentals, Braves or Dodgers? Who, who's going to beat themselves? E, boy, that's least. The Dodgers have surprised me at how how good they've been this year. I still, I mean, the Braves do have dudes that are capable of brain cramps. I still like the Braves. Two really good teams. I think teams. their talent trumps everything. Yep. Uh, David Sampson is host of Nothing Personal, a podcast. He is the former Miami Marlins president. We'll talk to him about this waiver claim fiasco, or is it a fiasco? We'll also get his thoughts on the Blue Jays as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and Sportsnet.